Disclosure, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. Hey everyone, Ben Keedy here on a lovely Friday afternoon in Sacramento, getting you another podcast going. So this one is with Tyrone Ross, who, if you've been around wealth management a while, probably needs no introduction. But uh, Tyrone has done a lot in the wealth space and also the digital asset space. Currently, he is working on a new RA called 401, and he's also working on a digital assets data company called Turnkey Lab. So we get into a ton of stuff here. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. And we're live. Tyrone, what's up, dude? What's going on? Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Like we were just talking about, I've obviously known of you for a long time, so it's nice to put a face to a name officially. Yeah. Same. It's uh, I, I know this has been a while in the making. I've been crazy running around, but yeah, you finally tied me down. So the person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, clearly you've been busy this summer with a number of uh, new ventures. But maybe let's yeah. just start for those of you who don't know Tyrone Ross. Let's maybe kind of give a little bit of a background, and then we can get into it. Yeah, so I am based here in uh, La Jolla, San Diego, which is probably top five most beautiful places on earth. <laughs> Um, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, I've been here two and a half years. Uh, woke up one day and realized winter was a choice. Like, <laughs> sure, yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. Uh, well, so summer's a, summer's a full time choice now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um. So where I stand right now, um, I'm the uh, CEO and principal of 401 Financial, which is a registered investment advisor, um, registered here in California. A non-discretion AUM firm, um, obviously with a particular interest and niche in uh, crypto assets, and CEO and co-founder of Turnkey Labs, which is a crypto data company. Um, and right now, um, working on um, something that is really interesting. I can't say now, but something else that I'm I've spoken to a few other people that we're trying to get started, um, which hopefully we can release some news here soon, but had a really good conversation with the SEC about it. So mm, we kind okay. of got the light, so we're going to start building soon. Okay. Okay. Is it safe to say that it's in the wealth slash digital asset space? Yeah, it's right at the intersection of, of wealth okay. management and crypto. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, for everyone who doesn't follow you, maybe go give it a follow. Um, yeah, for sure. Interesting. So... I mean, the thing I'm probably most curious about is sort of like, I know your general background, you know, you're an advisor, you worked, uh, I think, was it Morgan Stanley or Merrill? Um, I actually was at Morgan Stanley for a bit too. I got fired. Oh, um, and all the right. Cool, the cool thing about it is when the, when the gentleman, uh, the, the branch manager let me go, he hired, he literally gave me my other job at the same exact time. He was like, I got to let you go here. Call this gentleman. He's going to hire you at Merrill Lynch. Oh, and nice. <laughs> I left there because um, at that time I was trying to get through the training program. Oh, sure. Yeah. And train for the Olympics. 
So oh, for those of you out there, do not be training for the Olympics and do a wirehouse training program at the same time. But yeah. I went to Merrill Lynch and, and knocked the cover off the ball. So I was just in the wrong spot. It was destiny. So long story less long. Um, I am a wirehouse baby, went through the training program at Merrill um, and uh, ended up, you know, being at an RIA um years ago um and then left there to kind of get into the startup crypto world and here we are sure yeah yeah what um what originally kind of drew you from that wealth management piece to the crypto side of things um yeah it was 2014 right you live two lives of crypto one when you told someone tells you about it and then the second time where you actually buy it and you go man i was stupid i should have listened the first time sure but, um I had a friend who was just kind of, you know, he's a Ruby developer and he was the one who was always tinkering with stuff, made our fake IDs back in the day. And he oh, just kept talking yeah. about this mythical Satoshi fellow and this Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I'm like, man, that sounds incredibly stupid. And, yeah. you know, I was drinking the Wirehouse Kool-Aid. Yeah. And eventually in 2015, he got me because he sent me some. And I was like, whoa, tell me everything. And um, so that was kind of it. And then I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole and been doing it ever since, every day since then. And I have a really good friend and mentor at Merrill. And he, I remember he brought me into his office and he goes, look, you want to do that? You ain't gonna be able to do it here. <laughs> so yeah. you need yeah. to figure out what your next path is. And and that's when I, you know, I left there and, and in, you know, 17, 2017 to go the independent route. Sure. And working with clients. Well, actually, it was kind of dealing with some clients who owned it in 16 and then, you know, okay. to the races ever since. Okay. So did you make like a strategic decision to um, like talk crypto specifically while you were at um, the warehouse? Or did you just kind of happen to, you know? Yeah, no, friend? I didn't. Yeah. I just bounced on it where I was talking about it is on Twitter. Okay. I just kind of built up my audience, but. I would bring it up in advisor meetings. It was like, ooh, tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't much talking about it there. I was having conversations outside of Merrill and I had a young, lot of young clients who were dabbling and own it, but sure. nothing really was like, you couldn't talk about it there. I don't okay. think it to be honest. Yeah, that's, I mean, at the warehouse is probably not, unless maybe you're part of like the ultra high net worth group or something like that. But um, yeah, even then. Yeah. Um, Interesting. So, you know, you got into crypto, like, what was it that interested you about it? Was it just like digital money? Or was it like, the libertarian aspect side of things? Or like, what resonated with you? I'm a fierce advocate for financial inclusion and access in this country. Um, and prior to two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we did not have a real time payment system. Yeah. And, and growing up in a home, where we had to operate outside of the traditional financial system with check cashing right. and money orders and things like that. That's what drew me to it. I'm like, this is okay. going to change finance, right? It wasn't yeah. about number go up. It was like, why isn't this technology available to everyone everywhere? Um, and again, I've just been a fierce advocate for financial access and, sure. and Bitcoin was the thing that kind of put that on its back and forced folks to look at this differently. Yeah. And I think if you look at it doing that, 
it should be worth a million dollars a coin. Sure. Okay. So don't you really kind of felt this, I guess, from being a young kid, I guess, all the yeah. way up. Because one thing I've spoken about this on prior podcasts and maybe why, you know, crypto has been harder to take off to a degree compared to like, you know, places maybe like Argentina right now that's going through hyperinflation. Like we have generally a pretty good, you know, financial system here. It's relatively open, but sounds like based on your experience that, you know, it wasn't as open as maybe people think that it can be. Yeah. Open to who? Sure. That's the main thing, right? Like, you know, that's that's the thing. And I don't, you know, now being in a position where you got multiple wallets and multiple brokerage accounts and credit cards and all this other stuff, like I'm privileged. I didn't grow up that way. My parents didn't grow up that way. There's yeah. millions of Americans who didn't, who still don't have access, right? There's banking deserts still. Yeah. In United, like as we sit here right now, there's banking deserts in the United States of America. So open to who? So sure. I think that's the thing that is compelling to me, right? And and that was the thing that I've always looked at this as being um, something that was very powerful to bridge that gap, and I still do. Mm-hmm. It is the one inarguable use case that it has, which is funny to me. Every other, everything else gets, you know, pushed in ridiculous narratives. You telling me that Bitcoin hasn't had anything to do with some of the financial innovation we've had in the United States since 2008? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot going on there. Um, well, that's cool. So, I mean, I guess with about like, something that hits home like that for you, like as a values driven thing, it must've been pretty easy to, I guess, like take the plunge and go full RA and start to figure it out. Yeah. I was going RIA before just as a career move, but it was really easy to say. I always felt like the stock market was, again, it was for a certain group. For who? Yeah. For everybody. Cause look yeah. at the stats. Yeah. Own stock. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I always felt like there's a huge barrier to entry here. Financial education efforts have failed. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This puts it right in the hands of the people. So anyway, so it, it wasn't like I started my RA to do that. It was just that I was a financial advisor. I I I put myself in a position where I wanted to provide financial education and personal finance and financial planning and estate planning to people, what better yeah. way to do it? And it just yeah. so happens that I'm a punch drunk crypto hippie. That's yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I mean, you kind of touch on one of the big problems with just financial services and like in general, just the thing that I have, because I'm a former wirehouse baby too. I was at Morgan and Merrill as well. Um, now I'm on the tech side, so I sell software for a living, but um one thing that always struck with me is just the fee structure, like a percentage of assets, you know, in theory puts you on the same side of the trade, but you know, for an advisor to make a living, you got to have a significant slug of money for them to talk to you type of thing. And that's not very, you know, if you talk about, you know, financial wellness and inclusion and, you know, a million other sort of buzzwords, like if you don't have 250, 500 K plus, like, your average advisor wants nothing to do with you. I mean, when you do the math, it makes sense because, you know, percentage of that and then half to taxes, half to the house. And then you also take unlimited liability if something goes wrong, essentially. Like, 
it, a new structure for financial services, I think, is desperately needed. Um, yeah, I think that's starting what to see a little bit. and that's why we that's why we built four one. Yeah, it's completely antithetical to that. Like we we took that model, smashed it in half, and started it from scratch. And yes, the AUM model is inherently exclusive. It's built for larger advisors <laughs> yeah. to work with because. It's tough if you're a young advisor, you start from zero to have AUM unless you've got existing sure. firm, right? You know, assets or really rich family. Yeah. Most people don't. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. and then the model, very sticky, right? Very predictable. Great if you can get it, but it's inherently exclusive. No disrespect to the advisors to do it. I had a problem with AUM before there were other options. Now there's sure. other options like 401. So now I'm okay with it. Yeah. But when it's the only option, that means you can't bring in other people in the market. And now there's other advisors doing subscription models, flat fee, yeah. this other stuff. So it's it's, yeah. a, it's a really good time to be building in the space. Yeah. So what what exactly is uh what exactly is 401? So like let's let's walk through it a little bit. Why is it different than like, you know, your standard kind of RA advisory practice? So one, we are Non-discretion AUM. We don't transact or custody on behalf of our clients. Okay. Are five hundred bucks a month, right? Yeah. And the goal is to put bring our fees down, not up. Yeah. Um, our tech stack is we built from scratch. We don't use any of the traditional tech. We're not mm-hmm. tied to any custodian. Um, we do hourly business as well. We we do planning for a fee. So we are the goal was to be a family office in your pocket. Yeah. Independent type business model, wirehouse tools, right? So we kind of put that all together and created our own thing. The other part of it is, is our marketing, right? And branding, as you see, we don't use the term wealth management. We want to appeal to those that have never worked with an advisor before. Yeah. Hey, it's interesting. I want to work with an advisor. Sure. Um, And I think the other thing is, our structure of the firm doesn't look like a traditional firm, right? Yeah. The COO is a black woman. The the principal and CEO is a black man. Yeah. We have every demo covered. My niece is in her twenties. My CIO and partners in his thirties. I'm in my forties. Yeah. 40s, yeah, right? yeah. So none, nothing about us is traditional and anything sure. it is, we try very hard to break because sure. we don't want it to look, feel, smell, talk anything like what's about what's out there. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so are you, you guys don't touch any of the money at all. So like in terms of making trades or anything like that, even if clients want you to, you don't touch any of the money? We can. Okay. But we, when we show them how it's better that we don't, they love it. Okay. So are you just, we have the ability to if we want. Yeah. Yeah. So are you guys mostly encouraging models, dollar cost averaging, working with the established yep. provider type thing? Yeah, very, again, basic financial planning for sure, but we do full on, everyone has to agree to do planning. So we do yeah. everything, cash and debt management all the way to estate planning. We got wonderful plan, uh, wonderful partners like Wealth.com and Kubera. Sure. Um, But yes, it's, it's very much the DIY investors that want, it's led by technology, very technological, smooth, seamless experience with the advisor in the background. Yeah, yeah. So if they want us, they can call on us, right? Sure. So 
We build the plans with them. It's highly interactive. We use Notion for our planning. So in your financial plan, you can interact with us. You can add a picture of your family. You can do whatever else. We build it with you. You add your goals. We check those goals off. We have a health planning, right? Health is also a part of that. So you can put your little health plan in there, meal plan, whatever the case may be. So we build the plan around the client, not, hey, here's how we do planning fit in here. We don't do yeah. every person has a personalized financial plan. Gotcha. Okay. Does that, given that it is so customized to the client, does that give you some sort of, I guess, maybe inherent ceiling to scale? Like how do you customize at scale or how do you plan to kind of tackle that? I love that question. Yeah. Um, what, what two things you hear is it's not, it's not profitable. Well, we're profitable and then you can't scale it. Right. So you can scale it. Our goal is to only take 25 clients to start because this is an experiment. Sure. But we've now we have the ability, right, based on taking in some capital and proving out our model, we can scale it, right? We could probably scale to 50, we can get to 100. So you can scale this, right? And for everyone out there wondering, we speak with our clients monthly. Yes, monthly, not quarterly, not twice a year. We speak with all of our clients monthly. Yeah. and again, if you do it right with the help of technology and everything else, you talking with the client is just kind of touch points because they have right. so many ways to kind of interact with you anyway. So um, our goal was, again, only take 25 yep. and then be able to go to 50. And then yeah. when, we can't, when we can't provide that same experience, bespoke experience, we'll add in-house talent and then we'll keep scaling it. Sure. Okay. So the interesting. Do you have an idea on like how many relationships or accounts, I guess, uh, an advisor can handle? No, I mean, I, I mean, not right now. I mean, again, but 25 yeah. is, between three of us is easy, but yeah. I imagine I would like as, as the principal of the firm, I would hope, like I said, I, I think we could possibly do maybe 10 to 15 households per advisor where you're really doing those touch points, maybe a little more. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the average RAA, you're somewhere between 75 and 100 households anyway. Some go bigger than that, but it's like, you know, at what point do you lose the the, the personalized? Because we want to be a family office in your pocket. We want to be a family office experience. Sure. So when we feel like we dilute that, we'll scale. Paraplanner, another advisor, so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. You know, what all again, this is an experiment. So yeah, we're yeah, yeah. to figure out how this scales because ideally we want folks to say, all right, let's take the four one model, put it here, put it here, put it here. Now yeah. there's a million households who get the four one experience, but we gotta prove it out. Sure. And you know, we were able to prove that out. So we proved it out very early. So we were able to increase our evaluation a million dollars in six months. So yeah. folks really believe in what we're doing. So we're going to go out and raise some more capital here soon. So we're excited about that. Folks really are excited about what we're doing. And we're getting inbound. Folks are like, we've never seen this before. Like, we really want sure. some mission. So I think yeah. it's pretty positive of our vision early on. Nice. Um, I imagine, like, the workflow automation has got to be a big part of just the whole thing, right? Because, like, traditional yeah. businesses get stuck down and, you know, scheduling meetings, signing paperwork, all that sort of stuff. Um well, I guess my question maybe is, what have you learned in running this model relative to maybe a more traditional business? Like, 
What is it? Spend, it? Advisors, tech stacks are too complicated. Yeah. Um, one, two, advisors have been scared into using the same platforms um, because of, you know, security concerns or compliance concerns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, three, you can build a bespoke experience with focusing on the right CRM tool and a powerful aggregator. Those two together are incredible. Mm-hmm. Planning um, and you know a tax tool and estate planning and all that, you can buck it in, but it's very important. Advisors are used to relying on the platforms they use to integrate with other platforms. We're making everyone integrate to us. So mm-hmm. we'll use you, but you got to be embedded in our workflows. We're not using yours. Yeah. Right? yeah. So when you control, now again, I'm very privileged here to be able sure, to yeah. do it, right? Yeah. But that's what we did. So it's easy to say, all right, here's what our workflow looks like in Notion. Here's what we need for account opening this, that, whatever. I will put our workflows up against anybody's. It's yeah. and we smoke them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's just it's hand woven, like we built it from scratch. So again, privileged place to be. So we get to create that experience along with our partners, and we've had willing partners to be able to do that. And because of it, our clients rave about it because it's it's like we got a web app. Yeah, you just hit the web app in their phone. They're writing four one. It's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm just so I've worked at a number of wealth tech companies in the space, and there's a lot of great solutions out there. But you definitely touch on like it, it's hard. I mean, your average advisor is not going to be spending a lot of time to like optimize their tech stack, right? Yeah. And like particularly the workflow side of things, like the integrations for a lot of things aren't as deep as they probably need to be to like create like a well said, you know, a really optimized you know, thing. Um, well said. Which is interesting, I guess. I mean, I guess the only way to do it would be to make everyone open up their IP- APIs to you and just pull as much as you can, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And as you know, the space is slowly inching to open APIs. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and, you know, that flat file format needs to die. But, you know, they're, they're moving to APIs. But that's one of the things we didn't want to deal with because if we were doing that, we would have still been trying to put our tech stack together. Right. Sure. And yeah, yeah. It saved us a ton of money. Right. Like it our we're running incredibly lean. So when we did that, it was easy to have conversations and go, all right, well, this these these folks are out because there's just no way. Yeah, they're right? not gonna move fast enough. Or, so that saved yeah. us a bunch of stuff. So it was like, all right, now let's kind of and we mapped everything out for like three or four months before we even launched the company. So we went through everything, demoed a whole bunch of different things or whatever. And it was like, every, it was just like, no, 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 no. And then we finally were left staring at each other going, oh, we got to do this ourselves, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we put it together and clients love it. So are there like of the existing sort of solutions for say planning out there, do you have multiple partners or is it just one that you work with or? Funny. We're in the process. <laughs> so great team at Holista Plan, right? Um, that we've we've had um not Holista Plan, FP Alpha. Holista Plan is awesome, though. Shout out to Holista Plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, they they are awesome. 
Um, we actually probably want to re-engage with them now, but great team at Holistic Plan. Um, and Tori, Tori was with me at on ramp. That's why I always was thinking about that. But oh, yeah, Tor- Tori Hap, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. I remember her from my risk days way back yeah. when. She's, yeah. she's the best. She's the best. But yeah. great team over at Holistic Plan, and we hope to kind of go back to now. Um, but FP Alpha, you know, we've we've had some conversations with, and we have access to the tool. But we're actually in talks now to build our own planning tool. Oh, okay, interesting. And what Kubera launches is they have a very high level planning tool that they built into their architecture. So we we're using that, right? Sure. And um, my CIO, who's a certified financial planner, he kind of you know, like does it by hand. So we're essentially doing our, our planning by hand, but we're really in, we're in some yeah. really talks now to build out our own. Interesting. Um, because again, nothing else really fit for what we were doing, but FP Alpha and the AI functionality and stuff like that kind of fit because we're yeah. AI junkies too. So do, uh, do you kind of envision a place where you guys ha- <clears throat> like develop into a SaaS platform yourself? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was gonna say you're doing all this dev work. Um, kind yeah. of the next expensive, step. Expensive dev work, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no awesome. Code, no code tools help too, right? Like Zapier and a few things oh, like sure. that. Yeah. But if you really want to go nuts, you gotta and we hired a fractional dev and, and we we're we're working on some really cool things. Sure. Um again, I think if when when folks get a chance to look under the hood, they're like, oh, right. So it's sure. kind of like you know, the REA mullet, REA in the front, DeFi in the back. I mean, I yeah, yeah. buy two, it's our treasuries on chain, but crypto startup in the back, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So let's maybe dig into that. So you've got your TradFi up front, right? With yeah. sort of traditional wealth management services to a degree. Um, where does the crypto fit in? Like, how, how does that plug into everything that you're up to? Well, again, our, our whole treasuries on chain. Um, we don't have, uh, outside of giving advice, we don't have a crypto offering for clients yet because there's nothing out there that suits our needs. Yeah. But we, when we um, do something, it will be on chain. We're not going to le- use decentralized custodians. Um, so we're going to, we have models that we built. We have fundamentals and risk scores and everything that, again, we built from scratch. Um, but we don't have an offering for clients right now. And it's been frustrating for me. but. Um, we're, we're going to get there soon. Um, Mona Elisa and, and Enzyme, she's an investor in 401. So we're working on some really cool things with Enzyme. We hope to get something um, launched here soon, but it'll all be on chain. We won't do anything with any of the centralized entities. Gotcha. Okay. So you wouldn't even trade through something decentralized? Um, like yeah. That, like a, yeah. What's that? On chain, yeah. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting, yeah. So e- e- even as good of uh, you know exchange as Coinbase has become in the U.S., like you still wouldn't want to run business through there. You'd try and keep it as decentralized as possible. Coinbase wallet is more, way better than Coinbase exchange. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and notice you said exchange and not custodian. They're not a good custodian. They're a good yeah. exchange. They're a yeah. good broker. Yeah. They're a good derivatives platform now <laughs> after yeah, yeah. today. But are they a good custodian? That's the question every advisor has to ask themselves. We don't think so. But everything else, phenomenal. But 
73 million verified on-chain users and Coinbase wallet is phenomenal. So we'll do something with Coinbase on-chain before we use their custody. Sure, sure, interesting. Um, so what what are the roadblocks for you, I guess, in terms of offering like, uh, you know, crypto model portfolios in a variety of wristbands? Like what what needs to happen to be able to do that the way you want to? Performance reporting. Okay. Statement generation. Okay. Um, the ability to see held away crypto. Yeah. Um, in our platform with reconciliation data, everything, right? Gain, loss, unrealized, realized, all of that. You're basically talking about the crypto version of what I sell in my day job. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. There's the, got the SS and C. Yeah, there's uh there's actually a company um I got connected with a guy the other day. Have you heard of Haruko by any chance? No, but they're based uh, out of the UK. One of my buddies who runs a crypto hedge fund pointed me in their direction, but they do I think it's kind of that institutional investment ops for crypto. I don't know if they would do everything that you're looking for, but maybe yeah. something. Well, I built the solution I'm looking for. Where oh, so there you go. <laughs> so, and it might be available to the users of your folks very soon. Wink, wink, news coming. Stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was yeah. just having a conversation with someone over on your side. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I built it. So Sick. there you kind go. Of solving, <laughs> kind of solving our problems there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have the solution. We're not really looking sure. at anything else. So is it yeah. everything out there? And again, in our opinion, is incomplete. So as an entrepreneur, if the market doesn't have what you build, what you want, you build it. So that's what we did. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, as an advisor, how do you get into building tech? Like I've always kind of wondered about the transition. Like practically, like how do you go? You've got an idea. You know how to map it. You know the features. Yeah. How you go find your dev team. Um, well, I think the first thing is frustration, right? Like this is an eight-year problem for me as an yeah. advisor. Like the data and it just it sucks, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if you're deep in the space and you have crypto and then in wealth tech, like you can find developers that really want to build what you want to build. So I'm lucky enough that like I was able to trail and follow Jason Wank as he's building Altruist, right? Jason is a great friend. He was an investor, oh, yeah. an investor in Turnkey. So I got the plug, right? So you just got to get into the right connections and you can do that. But um, once you have the right connections and you let people know your vision of what you want to build, you can find the right developers and engineers to kind of help you plan that out. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you do? You, do you interface with Altruist at all? Um, as it relates to, we actually have access to it at four one. Um, yeah. Again, this is my boy. We don't have any assets there yet because again, sure. it's more of a discretionary platform. But we'll probably just use it for our own buying equities and stuff now. But the cool thing is, you can give clients access and not charge anything on it. And that's probably what we'll do. We'll have yeah. clients move and then just not charge anything on, on the assets there. Yeah. 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 Ultras has definitely been making some waves for sure. The last uh, couple of years. Yeah. I, I, incredible what he's built. Um, yeah. 
And I was there very early. I, I think they may have been 15 employees and now they're over 350. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, I actually interviewed there uh, earlier this year and oh, really? real close. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You let me know, man, with the plug yeah. in. <laughs> well, I mean, between you and then, I mean, I assume, you know, Desarte Yarnway too. Yeah. Of course. That's yeah. My yeah. 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 So uh, D's been on the podcast too, and he's a Sacramento guy, which is where I am. So, um, yeah, that's my guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I met you guys too late, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. known you like six months ago, probably be different, but yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's see what else. I mean, I think we've kind of covered like what you're up to currently. Um, maybe want to pivot a little bit and just like what's up with crypto in general. Yeah, sure thing. But, uh, I mean, the stories that I've kind of been tracking mostly is really the spot Bitcoin ETF, right? That seems to be yeah. the big thing that I, that's in my, I guess, line of sight. But um, I don't know, I'd be curious to know, like, what, what are you really focused on as far as the industry goes? Oh, man, how much time you got, right? I, I get me, you know, I do this every day, all day. So there's a lot of a lot of interesting things right now. The Bitcoin ETF is the least interesting to me. I've been saying for years, I'm not a fan of it. I won't rant here, but sure, we don't need it. We're going to get it. Wall Street loves money. Let's move on. Um, yeah. I think one of the things that we're focusing on right now that we find very interesting is the launch of base. Um, sure, yeah incredible what they're seeing there in terms of traction um the other thing is the um the move how on chain um ux is improving in wallets and things of that nature to, to make it seamless to go in between different chains um move money um so that, I think that's a big one on the wealth management side, which again, I spend all of my time, um, the custody rule and how that's going to affect advisors in the future. Um, and then just the overall market, I think is dead. Um, you look at all of the data, um, there's nothing happening. Price is not happening. Companies are dying. Um, sentiment is awful. People are backing out. Like I was, I was on, I can't really say, but I was talking to a particular firm or whatever, like portfolio companies are winding down as we speak. The space is dead. Yeah. Underneath, very similar to previous cycles, there's building like hell. There's a lot going on, right? So as far as the things that matter, you look at the metrics, volumes are down. It's just, it's dead. There's really nothing happening. I don't mean dead like it's going to zero. It's just dead right now. Like there's not a lot happening. So we're excited. We're building like hell. We're having really awesome conversations. There's a lot of things happening behind the scenes that are exciting, but there's no catalyst or anything right now that makes it interesting enough um, for the, you know, volatility seekers and and the day traders and everything else. Um, but the long-term folks here like us, this is, is blue skies. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, what do you think like is a catalyst or a couple of catalysts that kind of bring the eyeballs back to crypto and the excitement? Um, 
I've kind of viewed the ETF as a way to do that. Just to get yeah, I do. Year. I do think it will do that. I do think yeah. the ETF will bring folks back, right? Yeah, and folks will get excited about that, and that'll die out. I think the other thing is the iPhone moment. What is crypto's iPhone moment? Where everyone goes, yeah. oh, right? It's still missing yeah. its iPhone moment. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that is, I don't know. Sure. Let's see how I moment. Um, I also think the next half a trillion to trillion of market cap is going to come from the wealth management space. So when you get a large RIA or independent broker dealer or why I want it like to say, hey, we're allocating heavily across our book. And I'm not talking about a $20 billion RIA, 50. I'm talking 200 billion. $300 billion RA saying, hey, we're, you know, um, Satera, right? Yeah. Like broker deals, folks like that. When they start, right? Oh, right. Because yeah. again, yeah, big news this year, PayPal with their, you know, yeah. with, with their stable coin. And you got BlackRock, right? So you got some big firms in Virtu, Citadel, Schwab, Fidelity, right? With their exchange. They're kind of sneaking around. You know what they're doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Here's what I've been saying. Five years from now, probably less, cut that in half, you won't recognize the crypto space. A lot of the names that you have been hearing are either going to die or get gobbled up by those folks because they yeah. got a ton of money yeah. <laughs> and they're just waiting for. Sure. And they're just going to go. Yeah. Right. I, I encourage everyone now, go look at the share price of Coinbase. Look at the market cap. Yeah. Whatever. It is, right. We can look it up right now. You telling me <laughs> that Larry Fink didn't look over to Destin Zuckerberg and go, come on, man. Mm-hmm. We could buy you with the money in my shoe. Yeah. So, again, I think Coinbase is a growing business. I think clearly the equity analysts can't really figure out what's going on there. But what's to say they don't get bought? What's to say Gemini doesn't get bought? Who knows yeah. if any of these companies are going to be around? What happens with Anchorage? What happens with NIDIG? What happens with Bitco? What ha- like, you know, <laughs> Bitco raised 100 million today, but a 1.75 billion valuation. That is like a speck of dust to Fidelity yeah. or Schwab. So again, I, I don't think crypto folks put things in perspective here. And now you got those folks just staring over the fence going, oh my God, there's carcasses everywhere. So yeah, they're yeah. talent. They're going to pick at the tech and they're going to pick at the actual resources and end users of these platforms, gobble them up. It's coming. What, uh, where does that leave you? Is that good or bad? It's great for me (laughs) because I'm not, I'm not building a B2C business. It's fantastic for me. What we're about to, like, we're working on some really cool things to turnkey. We just signed a large enterprise customer that will be announced soon that I think is going to shock people that we got that done in this environment. And we got a, a list of more in the in the platform because I've always was building for a bigger picture. I never was in this space to build anything for retail. Yeah. But I do know that as an advisor, clients own it. They have it in the closet. The advisor don't want to talk about it. They're uncomfortable. All these other things. But it it leaves me in a great place. Yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe my question was more at 
at sort of TradFi gobbling up, uh, you know, DeFi crypto, do what do you think that means for the industry? If truly, yeah. if truly, if Schwab, Fidelity, Goldman, BlackRock pick over, you know, the choice pieces of crypto's carcass and the next, you know, three to five, like, does do we ultimately just kind of roll back to yeah. like a TradFi system to yes. a degree? Yes, that's where it's going. They yeah. won't. They can't do anything with DeFi, right? I think DeFi they can't gobble up because it's DeFi. Yeah, but they they will gobble up everything centralized. Sure, everything. sure. Again, if there's one thing that I'm almost certain of at this point, it's that. Yeah, right. I don't. You name me the top three crypto companies standalone that you think will exist in ten years. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, um, I, I you yeah, like uh shoot, yeah, I don't know. I mean you think about like Fireblocks or Chain Analysis or any of the great software companies, they'll probably, you know, be gone. Um uh, again, and and, yeah. I, and I don't say that because they'll fail. I'll say that because they'll get bought. People have much <laughs> yeah, people have much yeah, bigger they'll, pockets. They'll yeah. Chain, Chain analysis, wonderful company, TRM Labs, wonderful company, but what are we talking about here? Like it, there, it's right. The entire space is tiny. It's the kids' table at the family barbecue, <laughs> right? And it's proven that it can't scale. Yeah, I love crypto. You will you will not talk to anybody in your lifetime who loves crypto more than me. I promise you that. And it's and I'm telling you, it's the kids' table. We've been in, we, it lacks designers, lacks product people, lacks, like, like, uh, lacks marketers. And we've anointed clowns to be the face of the space. So we need trust and leadership. Yeah. So with that, there's been no ability to scale beyond pushing money from one side of the wall to the other. What's going to bring in the next 50? million users in the crypto who again i'll ask that again what crypto company is going to do that coinbase okay how right like so i don't trust them i think they got a nice group now i think they'll onboard enough but 50 million we'll see but yeah i'm not confident in that but i'm no. confident that blackrock and aladdin together with coinbase could do it Yeah, yeah Right. So I don't crypto has it's been Lord of the Flies. It's been too much damage. Yeah. I get a 360 view of the space from venture to wealth tech to straight crypto to founders, entrepreneurs, public. I get a 360 view. The yeah. space dying. There's there's innovation and good teams, things that are gonna die. They can't raise more money. It's out, like I, I literally had uh, uh, I'll read this to you. This is from a big wealth tech CEO and founder that, you know, yeah, say here. Right. I know crypto in our platform has really died a quick death among our 80 percent subscribers who are wealth advisors. Hmm. It's bad. <laughs> And, and here's another. I'll, I'll, I'll one up it just so you know I'm not blowing smoke. 
There is a massive, when I say massive, capital M, capital E on the end, figure in this space that is considering walking away. How do I know that? Because one of his employees texted me late last night, late West Coast time. They're not on the West Coast, by the way. And said, hey, I'm nervous. He's thinking about walking away. Hmm. So anyway, I well, say all that today. I am unmoved. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Get the get the pedestrians and the and the you know the rent seekers out. But let's be honest about what happened here. Crypto has eaten itself. It has to rebuild, and the only way it does that is by getting people that are committed to growing, right, and building things that advisors need, which is what we're doing at Turnkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's a hot take for sure. That's a hot take. It is. Yeah. But, you know, again, I, I'm talking from like real life experience, real life conversations. I wish I could share a lot of what I know. Sure. Yeah. But over a beer, maybe not on podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But, and I don't say that as like, you know, I, I yeah. just say that is, is I'm fortunate to have relationships with, uh, again, 360 view of the space. It's bleak out there. Yeah. But, Here's the here's the here's the silver lining because there's always a silver lining. What I think crypto founders, crypto investors, crypto uh, users, everything is realizing now. The end of the day, people got to use this stuff. Yeah, it has to be a way that it makes my life better. Right. That iPhone moment again. Yeah. There are some things that I know that are being built that I know that I've seen that I've demoed that is going to do that. Are you but talking right from now, like an everyday retail kind of user? From an everyday retail standpoint, from a advisor standpoint, from a um an, an AI standpoint, from a uh, uh, an estate planning standpoint, a lot of different, a lot of really cool things happening. ZK yeah. rollups, it's gonna ZK rollups gonna change the game. Yeah, right. Um, for those out there, that's just essentially I know something, and that I can prove to Ben without telling him everything that I know to prove what I know. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. say the the lock on that door is three two one. And I can prove to you that I know why it's three, two, one without giving you all of the information. And you go, oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's going to help a lot of different things. So anyway, a lot to happen here. A lot of money has been spent and wasted. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think the cream is going to rise to the top, but not before there's a great washout that is happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a so couple major themes. Wall Street is circling. Right. So that's oh, one big time, big Wall time. Street, Wall Street's circling. Builders are still building. They're still, still furiously. Yes. Still great stuff being made. Yep. So what uh, what else do you kind of see in the next like three to five? Like we're, if you had to position like us at the cycle or would you say we're bottomed yet or are we approaching the bottom? We're approaching the bottom. I just I sent this to my partner last night. I've I've been in the space a long time. Sentiment right now is bad. Like this capitulation all over the place. Yeah. Like people are people are. It's bad. Yeah. So we're approaching that bottom. 
I, yeah. and I, I just think you see in that in volumes. It's just now those that are building and, you know, I spoke to someone from Falcon X yesterday. Falcon X is thriving, right? They're a market maker. So yeah. they're in the middle of, right? But they can do business anywhere in the world. They have clients yeah. everywhere here in the U.S. So I'd say next three to five years, you'll have regulatory clarity. You got the halving coming up in Bitcoin. I think that'll help. Mm-hmm. I think you'll have your Bitcoin ETF. I think you're going to have meaningful participation from wealth management. And I think you have the breakthrough of finally the retail application where folks are going to be using blockchain technology and don't know it. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I've always kind of thought that crypto is a little strange because for everyone to use it, like the the iPhone moment, you don't need to know how the iPhone is coded to use it, right? You swipe up, you click on your apps, everything's smooth and flawless. Whereas I feel like the crypto community, for better or for worse, has been hyper-focused on what the technology is actually doing. And that might be great for people in the industry, who you know, maybe give a fuck about it, but... Right the vast majority of people just want it to work, you know? Right. And that's, and that's been my whole thing with some of these education platforms. It's like with advisors, like why are you teaching advisors how to blockchain works when they suggest Amazon to a client, they're not explaining how, you know, CPIP works. Like it's just, it's like, so why are we teaching them about miners and all that? We've been doing it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think when it's just there and everyone goes, wait, that was. That was down on ETH. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So, oh, that was arbitrary. Really? Yeah. Right. But yeah. they won't even need to say that. It's just, yeah. it's not going to be ETH or arbitrary or optimism or Solana. It's just going to be, mm-hmm. I sent value to this person in real time right there. I can see a track it done from my phone. I was in yeah. the line at Whole Foods. It's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that day is coming. But for right now, it's sad to see, and it's self-inflicted, right? It's yeah. a machine gun to the foot. We did it, right? And I think we have to outlast that. But I'm excited about what I see, um, what's going to last, and and some of the some of the news here that we'll be releasing soon. I think it's going to usher in a new wave of fresh energy, and um, and again, might even involve. Some folks you're familiar with. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Have them on the podcast. I can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, we just did an hour. Um, you want to leave it here? Got any finishing yeah. thoughts you want to leave with people? Or Yeah, we didn't hit on turnkey at all, but I think it's best we don't get into that, especially because, again, of some new, some pending news. We'll, we'll do a follow. We'll do a part. For sure. Channel. I'll touch base in uh, yeah. before the end of the year. Somewhere. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do a part two <laughs> yeah. on that. And I think yeah. the skies will be opened up a little bit. At this For sure. Point. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, awesome, Tyrone. This is great. Would love to yeah, have this you. Fun. I, I could have did this for another hour, man. This was awesome. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I um, love this free-flowing conversation type. So, yeah, let's let's uh, let's do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's just leave it there. Um, but everyone go follow Tyrone. He's up to stuff in crypto and wealth. So 
There you go. Yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, just put my name in there. Find me at tr four one um, on Twitter and Tyrun four hundred one on IG. There you go. Cool. Thanks, Tyrun. All right, man. Yep. Peace.